And we're back at the Bait and Switch Podcast Studios. Today's interview is with Brian Darling, a friend of Chris's from high school. Yeah, I spoke with Brian on Facebook, and we started talking about uh, the podcast here. And he said if you need an interview subject, he'd be interested in stopping by. He lives in California, and he stopped in town for our class reunion, and that's when we had a chance to talk to him. As always, we had a lot of fun with the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Your podcast starts now. Welcome. This is Richard Wilson. If your seat backs and tray tables are not already in their full upright positions, it's too late. Brace for Impact is the Bait and Switch Podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch Podcast. This is Chris Beyer, as always, with my co-host, Jim Martin. Hello, everyone. And we've got a very special guest. This is Brian Darling. Brian is somebody I know from my high school days, and he's in town for the high school reunion. So how did it go for you, Brian? I always have fun at reunions. I live in California now. It's great because I come back every few years and... I'm an icon now. Sure. The I word see, gets all yeah. over town. Brian's in town. Right. I've seen billboards, actually. It's I great. Yeah. I like yeah. it. That's good. You know, the big good. thing about reunions is everybody's curious, you know, who's looking good, right? And, you know, I don't want to, you know, name names, but I just want to say that I look incredible that night. Right? You sure. do. You yeah. you look ex- pretty much like you looked in high school. And you too, Brian. We yeah, look good. I think, the two of you yeah. look pretty much. Like you know who it is. Yeah, yeah. we look right. good. The other people look kind of crappy, but sure. I mean, well, right. let me right. say this compared to us, compared to the general population, they looked okay compared to me and Brian. I mean, it's another level. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't stand out on a physical. I mean, my, my fame is, you know, comes from other places. So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm an icon now. You're an icon. An icon. I was right. never right. popular in high school. Was I? I wasn't popular at all. You know what? I... Those years are going to be a long time ago, and so I don't really remember Fuzzy. so much. Yeah, so I, you know, obviously I met you in tenth grade, mm-hmm. and in the um, band, right? Were you in the band? Didn't you? Well, you played the trombone or something. Yeah. yeah. What did you play? Well, I was Trumpet? a rifle. A rifle. I, was a, I, I was the right. only boy ever in the history of Wauwatosa East Public High School, even to this point. Um, to this point, to be a rif- uh, rifle. Yeah, well, I don't even think they have them anymore. Oh. Yeah, hmm. gun control. It really was a oh, magical yeah. time because, you know, in those days, <laughs> no. the, the marching band was, you know, nationally recognized. Yeah. And I don't think it's that way anymore. Well, they do They do have rifles, but because it's concealed carry, they all have them under the jackets. <laughs> and oh, so, no yeah. wonder. They were walking funny in the parade. That makes sense. Yeah. I talked to uh, Brian about, uh, we were on Facebook talking about high school or we're texting about high school. One topic that came up is Ryan is gay. Is that true? Yes, I am proudly and happily a, a, a gay man. Kind and of. in high school, and our junior high school, as a matter of fact, yeah. I don't know of anybody else who was publicly... I mean, there there was a lot of gay people in our school. Right. But I mean, I didn't care. I was who I was, and... With a name like Darling, you know, I had a very thick skin anyway by the time I got to high school. Yeah. I think I was very ahead of my time in those days. 
you know, we were texting about what it was like growing up in the 70s and the 80s, being gay when it wasn't quite as accepted. Wasn't quite. That's wasn't an that, understatement. Wasn't, wasn't accepted. I mean, everybody kind of knew what was going on. And those were, you know, we didn't have social media other than people's right. big mouth. Right. And, oh, he's gay. And just darling, you know, just the name darling that right. like automatically makes me abnormal in some way. Yeah. And I wasn't particularly good at sports. And, you know, I sort of fit maybe some people's archetype of what they thought a gay person. You know, I'm not the butcher's thing on two feet. Clarinet player. Yeah, I played the clarinet. I was the only boy in the clarinet section. I was the only boy on the rifle team. Mm -hmm. I was not in the drama club, however. I was on the uh, stage crew. Really? You call yourself a gay man? (laughs) Well... The the little name for the the drama people was the play gays, right? That's yeah. what they called them. Well, that was yeah, that's what I heard. That was the name. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I was not a play gay. In terms of high school, what were some of the difficult situations you went through? Well, I mean, I I came out of the closet at fourteen in nineteen seventy nine. What What do you mean? Did you like? Is that when you told your parents? Is that when you told well, your Well, I mean, I guess, when... yeah, I did tell my parents, actually. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when boys hit that age and the hormones started going, then the feeling in the rest of my body kind of matched the feeling in my head, let's sure. say. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, without getting too graphic, I sort of developed a little faster than some of the other boys. So I... I've always worn this like scruffy beard and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just hopped on the number 10 bus and went downtown and met some people and that was it. Did you know long before that when you were eight or nine or did oh, you? Oh, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I'm sure I did. Yeah. Me, I'll say this, you know, I know I've been straight since I was four. So I'd imagine that you might have sensed that at a young age. Well, I mean, how do you know if you're straight or gay? Well, I'll say I, this. I, I thought girl about girls. Me when I was six. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about girls a lot when I was four. Yeah. Well, I thought about girls too. Did you? Okay. I but I never about thought girls about guys. Too. I had crushes on mm-hmm. on some girls. So yeah, I, didn't, I didn't really okay. want to take them down to the parkway or the drive-in or, you know, I had attraction. That's a tough question. And if you ask it to a hundred different gay people, I think you'll really get a wide variety of responses, but I never questioned it. Mm-hmm. That I can tell you. Yeah. And after we graduated, at that time, the drinking age was 18. Right. I had already been in these clubs for, what, five years already. Right. So I was well established in the LGBT community, which was very much underground, especially in Milwaukee. Right. Sure. I was just down in the third ward, and I think now they call it the fifth ward or Walker's Point or whatever they call it. That area of town, that was my playground 40 years ago. And I had lunch with a friend on Commission Row today on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I was horrified. I've never seen so many straight people <laughs> in one place in my life. And I really kind of felt like, you know, the straight people like came in and... In the area that you considered your home or your... your uh, Well, I didn't consider it. It, it was. That's right. where all the... Um, Safe haven. The LGBT right? community yeah. was, was based. 
I know sure. somebody else that was talking about uh, a bar that I went to, a gay bar that I went to uh, by Cathedral Square. You might know the one I'm talking about. Oh, this is it. They just celebrated. That's the oldest LGBT bar establishment in the city of Milwaukee. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary. And he said that it is one of the oldest in the nation. It, I would believe so. Continuously yeah. operated. Sure. Yeah. This was 10, 12 years ago, 15 years ago. I was meeting this girlfriend that I was dating at the time, and she said, we're going to go across the street from the bar we're at and meet up with this gay friend of hers at this bar. And I said, there's no bar across the street from there. She said, oh, yeah, it's right there. And uh, I said, I don't see it. Well, here's this nondescript building. And you walked into this thing that looked like a dentist's office that was after hours. And there was a lot of people in there. And I never knew there was a bar there right across from a bar that I visited many times. I got to tell you, that was probably the, those were the happiest years of my life by far. That being said, Mm -hmm. law enforcement in Mm -hmm. this city and in that area would harass people. Um, and we didn't have cell phones and hook up things yeah. and, you know, that you do on your phone now. If you wanted to meet people, yeah. you had to put on your disco shoes and whatever the fashion was As and I your tightest today. pair of jeans yeah. big collars. and go out and meet people. You know mm-hmm. what? And that's why I brought this up because this individual is talking about the old times with some, you know, nostalgia saying, you know, it used to be that there was more camaraderie and, like you said, people would get together and instead of, you know, Tinder and things like that. And uh, he said, to some extent, the younger generation now is going to miss out on what you had back then. I agree. I think that's probably one of the negatives of, of social media. Mm-hmm. He said that the, the gay bar back then was really the focal point of gay activism. Well, that, yeah, that was really one of the only social outlets we had. Yeah. Right. Now nobody leaves their home. They go on, I don't even, I can't even name one of these sites because I don't, I don't know. But there's, you know, you go on your cell phone and I guess you just order out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They got pick up. Maybe it's like Amazon or something. I don't know. Delivery. Yeah, right. In my day, you would, uh, there were certain areas of town, maybe a parkway area mm-hmm. or a parking lot or, you know, behind a abandoned warehouse. That or, everybody knew was. Right. Where so met. if you cruised around in those areas, you know, there, you might find somebody walking around or, you know, it was, I mean, it sounds kind of seedy, but. If you don't have a cell phone or, you know, just picture yourself yeah. not having any of that. Right, right. Um, Is all that stuff gone now where people used to meet up? You know, I really don't know. I'm so old that I don't yeah, I, I don't I pay don't much loop. attention to... And you, and you don't live here either. I mean, that's right. Well, the gay community uh, today in Milwaukee is a, a shadow of its former self. Because? I think that... The area has been horribly gentrified. Mm. Oh, there I said it. Let me ask you this then. You know, a lot of times gay couples will move into these into these places and, and you know, the property values go up. Everything gets to be like a nice community people want to live in, which then leads to gentrification, doesn't it? Yeah, I you suppose know, like you could make cool that argument. Live, right? I mean, right. Know, listen, and- I'm not saying, you know, 
a gay neighbor is better than a straight neighbor or anything else. I think that's what you else. said. Now, wait just a minute. I think what Back I'm saying is... Gay neighbor is better than a straight... I heard it right there. There it was. <laughs> well, I mean, we throw better parties. Come on. <laughs> Oh, oh! Now you throw better parties. Yeah. You decorate better. Yeah, I'm you make not, the neighbors yeah. nicer. You're gonna throw around these generalizations that I'm not comfortable with. I suppose you're gonna tell me you're a better dancer now. Yes. Well, as you can see, I'm certainly not a fashionista. So no. But well, I was gonna go say, going back to high school, like you said, there were other gay students. How did you guys get to know each other back in high school? Well, in the summer of 1983, they all started showing up in the clubs. Oh sure, okay. after graduation. After graduation. After yeah. graduation. But yeah. what about what about during high school? Did you know a lot of the other uh, gay people in the uh, class? Not you know what? Not really. No. Hmm. I sort of led a double life in high school. That's why nobody ever really bothered me. Yeah. I was a good kid. Good I showed kid. up every day. I never got in trouble. But I was in the bars every night. Now you said in the bars at fourteen, fifteen. How easy Every was night. it? How easy was it to sneak in the bars at fourteen and fifteen? Well, I had a little. Right. I always had a little scruff, scruff beard, right. and it was eighteen at the time. And it was nineteen seventy nine. There was a lot of underage kids, yeah. in in the gay clubs. Think about that: fourteen years old, fifteen years old yeah. in the bar. That's I mean, something. it was it was all underground. Yeah, I mean, you could drive down Second Street today, and I could point out, you know, storefronts and right, and uh, you would never know. Yeah, like the, this other establishment. It's well now. It's that place is actually getting a lot of national notoriety. Mm-hmm. They what, have a Facebook page, and the by the, the way, they have the like the best. It's called This Is It. This is it. And you know, all the college kids go there now because they they pour great drinks and they have like it's not double bubble anymore. It's like three for one. And Milwaukee's a pretty, uh, pretty cheap city to drink in. Yeah. I'll go back to gay people who move into a community and make it better. And it's kind of like the cool place to be. Same thing with these clubs, right? Same thing's happening. My, you don't like straight people. Has apparently, a lot of straight people walking around. So, Oh, so I, li- <laughs> I, uh, well, in high school, I liked a lot of straight people. A lot of people in high school confided in me. I'm, I wasn't a gossipy, vindictive, you know, whatever kind of person. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: Did you see? Do you see people in your class that you think you still haven't come out? Come on, I don't think no. about that at all. No, Chris and I knew we know somebody like that. He's got to be gay, but he's no. more gay than Brian. Let's just say that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I don't. I don't think I look gay. Maybe when I open my mouth, or a lot of times people will say, "Ma'am," and you when, know, you, when you call, call a credit card company or something. What's your name, Brian, darling? Oh, how can I help you, ma'am? Well, how Brian. many women do you know named Brian? You idiot! That's oh, I'm so Brianna. sorry. Sorry. Well, I mean, if we're going to generalize a little bit, sure. Straight men, in my opinion, yeah. Amongst themselves, they kind of like rank each other right. by the junk, right? I'll say this. I don't know. I think that is a stereotype about us straight people, which I find offensive. Let me just say that. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of really, really miserable idiots with nice packages huh. and vice versa. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but 
guys don't go around talking about other guys' junk. I never had that conversation with anybody regarding that. No. Well, so, I've been asked by several know. classmates right. over the years, more right. than one. Right. Oh, Brian, when you were in the showers and gym class and stuff, were you checking out all the guys? Right. I said, absolutely, yes, I was. Mm -hmm. And my next statement was, and you probably were too. Now, come on. No, I'll disagree. And a no, lot I, of them no. say, oh, no, and you no, know what? I'll tell I never let me. No, no, no. Come on, Chris. Come on. You know why? Because if you ever got caught doing that, you're going to be labeled and that would never go away. Right. I'll say this. It never occurred to me to check out other guys. Now, like I, like you said. I mean, I wasn't like creepy checking right, out but, people. But I mean, I'll say this. Of course you would look. If I was in the in the ladies' locker room at that same point, of course I'd be looking. But as a guy, I don't know. I don't think we're well, checking Well, come on. At our high school, yeah. in our shower room, mm -hmm. there's basically six guys standing in a circular <laughs> pattern looking right. at each other. I can guarantee that they were looking to, not okay. necessarily at me. Let me ask you this question. You know, there is that uh, stereotype that women would confide in a gay man. Were a lot of women confiding in you in high school? Absolutely. Yeah. So you heard a lot of the dirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And was that fun to be kind of the repository? Well, I wouldn't, I, you know, I, it didn't get my nipples hard, but... Um, <laughs> Why are they hard now? Let me just ask you that. I don't know. My shirt's <laughs> a little pierced? too small. I went to Gillies too many times. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I just had a certain place at East. Mm -hmm. And it was just easy to, you know, throw out all their problems and, you know, rail on me and, and other individuals. Yeah, I'll say this now, as far as you, we talked about. Maybe maybe being, maybe being on the receiving end of of people being bullying, I do remember that people would speak of you in a disparaging way in the, sure. in the sense that you know he must be gay that type of talk. Or I never asked for any. I never got right. in anybody's face. I no. did my own thing, right. uh, and I did take a lot of bleepity bleep from you know a lot of people, but it didn't really bother me, and in some cases that made it worse. Did, but a uh, lot of yeah. kids that were bullied, you know, I, I think we had one girl commit suicide. You know, we don't know what other people's situations are. Mm -hmm. They might have an unstable home life, a number of things. Right. And I don't know, maybe I was just a little bit more uh, cognizant of, of that. Um, I've heard it said that uh, everybody fights a battle in their head that you know nothing of. Right. And I think that was Adolf Hitler that came up with that line. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe we'll toss that. I thought I'd get more, get more of a laugh. But anyway, um, so anyway, uh, do you think that teasing or whatever you got, do you feel that made you stronger? It might sound cliched, but do you think that it made you who you are? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. And it was much more prevalent in actually in elementary school, um, that was really hard. But there were a couple of individuals um, who actually went all the way through mm -hmm. high school with me that protected me. But now we'll want to move on. What brought you 
to California, Brian? What was the reason what got you out there? Well, as I was exiting high school, I I really actually I had like dreams or nightmares or whatever you want to call them and they repeated themselves over and over. Basically it was like you need to leave Milwaukee now. And if you don't leave, you'll be trapped here for the rest of your life and then I would like wake up in a cold sweat. So I really kind of had this feeling and I don't know, that just sort of bothered me. And I, I I, was 20 years old and I packed up my car. I quit my job. I told my parents, I said, Mom, Dad, I'm moving to California. Do you have a job? No. Do you know where you're going to live? No. Nice. And I packed up all my stuff in the, in the Cutlass and my two cats. And I drove west. And four days later, I ended up on the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah. So uh, you get out to California. So where do you land on your feet? What do you start doing out there? Well, since I did work at Cole's department store in Milwaukee, um, at that time, the parent company also owned Saks Fifth Avenue. So I went down to Saks Fifth Avenue and I got a job in the cosmetics and fragrances and uh, handbags and hosiery. Where else did I work? Like ladies departments. And I didn't know anything about cosmetics, but I guess I turned out to be a great salesman. Um, a lady would come in and say, you know, I want to buy some foundation or something. And I'd say, you know, if you're going to buy that foundation, you're really going to need a lipstick to go with that. So I would sell them a lipstick and, you know, you really need a handbag to go with those shoes. And I, I didn't know. really know anything about um cosmetics but then they would try on this you know $30 lipstick and I would say that looks amazing on you my dear sold <laughs> wow so you did the uh, you did the retail stuff and then where did so you go I did from retail there? and then I got a job as a bank teller did you uh, that's you know, you're brand new in town how did you meet people I'm a magnet I'm just a ma- <laughs> I'm just a people magnet he's an icon Chris an icon. I will talk to anyone that's why i like disneyland so much Mm -hmm. it's full of interesting people from all over the world do you ever think about because you ever think about working at disney yeah i would actually i think enjoy working at disney it's a little bit far uh, for a commute i did a really smart thing i bought my home almost 20 years ago in an area of the san fernando valley that i knew was pretty saturated not a lot of vacant lots right and i knew eventually they were going to run out of inventory and 20 years later turns out i was right because they have a very uh, large shortage of single family homes and my home is more than tripled in value sure well that's good and i'm getting ready to retire in seven to ten years and Disneyland. And I'm going to Costa Rica. You've been there already, scouted it out? I have. Yeah, yeah, you've talked about these different jobs. You ended up in entertainment, didn't you? I ended up in entertainment. And what jobs have you had in that? Well, through the banking industry, uh, I sort of moved up those ranks over the next two or three years. And I land. I ended up at a bank in Brentwood, California, which is an upscale uh, community 
I was responsible for opening new accounts. I opened up the yellow pages and I called every single accounting firm within a five mile radius of my office. And I developed a clientele and uh, one day, one of the firms that I had built a relationship with said, well, we have so much client money with you and you're doing such a great job, you know, servicing us on behalf of our clients. We have an opening for an entry level assistant bookkeeper job. I grabbed it and I never looked back. And that was that was my entrance into the business manager. And I've clawed my way up to 30 years later, I've clawed my way up to uh, upper middle management, maybe. And then a few years ago, I actually went out on my own. Yeah, that's something again, you hear a guy just drives out there four days, you know, starts selling lipstick or whatever you said. And here you are 35 years later, doing something you didn't even imagine doing, right? Well, I always I I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I was Good with numbers. There was no X's or Y's in in those equations. But it was never part of, the, of any plan you had. No, it's. I guess it didn't turn out the way I had originally expected. I I didn't say, well, I want to move to Hollywood and be a star. Mm-hmm. And here you are. But I did. I do enjoy uh, working with people. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with celebrities, Let's say professional athletes, for instance. Right. Here's a here's a good example. A lot of professional athletes in their very early ages, to right. early twenties or out of college or right. whatever, and they throw huge multi million dollar contracts at them. Right. These twenty some odd year old kids have no clue what to do with th- this money. And how to handle this money. Have you worked with any people that people might know? Well. No, you don't have to. I will say that Joan Rivers um, was a a client. I I hesitate to, you know, ramble off names. It's it's not cool to do that. No, I understand. Um, Name was Joan Rosenberg. Her professional name was Joan Rivers. Um has you know passed away several years right. ago and there's just really nothing you know that could possibly be breached or anything right sure um but you worked with her right uh, you know and people like her that may do movie uh, have get earn mo- income from movies they may own real estate that's more income tv commercials advertising endorsements there's all these different pieces and i take all this together and i organize it in a easy to read financial statement format Mm -hmm. and further to that i i have a very close relationship with the client and i make sure that they actually understand what they're seeing one stereotype is that a lot of these people get taken advantage of have you seen oh absolutely yeah Professional organizers, life coaches, uh, all these people start glomming on, coming out of the woodwork. Personal trainers, pool boys, domestic help, pool boys. Uh, Everybody wants their those cut. types nannies, of people. Nannies, independent contract. Back uh, 10, 15 years ago, we had a gubernatorial candidate in. California, very famous billionaire mm-hmm. woman 
that Frank. was running for government and sh- uh, a governor. Mm-hmm. And a month or two before the election, it came out that she was paying her domestic housekeeper under the table in cash. Well, that's a huge no-no. Well, it basically blew up her candidacy, and she mm-hmm. lost the election. Yeah. And a good business manager like you would have caught that, and she'd be governor right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. But you could say that that woman was an independent contractor, couldn't you? Well, in order to be classified, and I'm not a CPA, and right. I'm not qualified to give this is not tax a, or legal not advice. Legal or tax, right. That being said, the IRS has specific criteria that needs to be met in order for someone to be called an independent contractor. You don't get to make that choice as an employer. Mm-hmm. People really, I think, should you know, know this. Don't pay your people under the table because it will come back to you at some point in time. You might be trying to apply for a loan uh, 10, 20 years from now. You could be running for president or a public office. You could become somehow a public figure. Actually, actually, I have a story that involves the similar thing that involves Jim. And I don't know if Jim remembers this. But approximately- Wait, wait, should I get my lawyer? Hold on. <laughs> Approximately, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that, Jim was an independent contractor for another friend of ours. Oh, yes. And uh, this was the first time that Jim had been an independent contractor. And so at the end of the year, when it came time to pay taxes, it became known to Jim that he should have been doing that all along. And he didn't realize his tax bill. And he spent all the money. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. he didn't realize that his tax bill was going to be this large. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he called me up and he said, <laughs> What the he heck? He called is me going up on, on April 14th yeah. <laughs> and he said, Chris, uh, do you have an accountant? I said, Yes, I've got an accountant. He said, Is he taking new clients? <laughs> and I said, Well, maybe not today. You know, this is April 14th. But I need it today. And then see, Jim, it's tomorrow is yeah. the deadline. <laughs> but you were in a desperate strait that day. Yeah, right. Well, it was, it was not good. And I do feel like he should have said, just so you know, there's going to be other tax implications that come along with this because I'm not taking you on as an employee. Because well, that's- I learned this stuff in yeah. high school. I took a Jim, pay uh, attention in high school. Uh, an <laughs> economics took, class, a basic took, economics class. I never took in finance. I never took economics in, well, in high school. I never I took don't any know. of it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I mean, did you have to? Uh, you know, but you the- learned real quick, right? That day. Yeah. That. Bottom line is, <laughs> it's <way>. not free <laughs> in this country. You have to pay to live in this country. Yes. Yeah. You're a proud taxpayer. When Any you, type of a situation when where you come there out is as a, a taxpayer, let someone me just ask providing you that. a When did you first remember being when a taxpayer? When did you come out of the taxpayer closet? Yeah. When did you come out and say, I'm a taxpayer? And did you tell your parents that? I will tell you exactly when I became a taxpayer. <laughs> All right. Let's hear it. Again, in 1979, yes. same time I came out, Yeah. I very quickly realized I need some money. If I'm going to be going in the bars every night, I need to make some money. As a 14-year-old. As a 14-year-old. So what I did- <laughs> I lied on my application and I got a job as, and I told him I was 16 as a dishwasher at the Hoffman House restaurant. That's great. And then I got a promotion to the salad bar department. That must have been yeah, quite a Yeah, that's day. big time. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the most famous person you've met? You don't have to tell yeah. if it's a client or not, but just. Who's the most famous person I've met? I mean, it's this I actually hard to prefer that I would consider the yeah. most famous person I've met. Um, Oh, gosh. 
Lily Tomlin. Um, I can tell you who I would like to meet. Okay. Cher, if yeah. you're listening. That, she's, that's, I think that's she's way listening. out of left field. I can't Cher, wait right? until Cher, your new right? album is released. That's crazy. Wait a minute. <laughs> Please call me. Okay. All right. So you might be gay. Okay. So are these... Uh, Everybody uh, loves Cher. <laughs> Cher is the queen. I With do. that, Brian, we've taken you from... Uh, Four years old, all the way up to retirement here. Oh, gosh. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, thanks, Brian. Like I said, once again, you are the first person that requested me on the show, and I take that as an honor. Did I actually? Yeah, you Didn't I just say, like, if you're ever looking for a guest, I'd be happy to... Well, I don't want to make it sound like you're pathetic. Uh, You were, but I don't want to make it sound like that. (laughs) Doesn't all cash mean yelling? Look at it like, please, right? It was like... Oh, come on. I didn't request... I've got screenshots of it, and you'll see how pathetic it looks we'll, later. We'll put it in the comments. That Always helps. nice to have an opportunity to, to get together, Chris. <laughs> nice having you. We'll, thanks, uh, thanks for coming out, Brian. Just appreciate soon. it. Oh, thanks, guys. I had a really good time. Good. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast with our guest, veteran Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporter Crocker Stevenson. Although slow to warm up at first, Eventually, it becomes clear that he sees us as equals. Now you know the hell that I live in because, (laughs) I mean, I talk to people like you all the time. (laughs) You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.